life to everyone today as you are going to hear your word lord you are going to speak the word is going to come alive to everyone the power through your word will be manifesting in our life lord you are going to bring understanding to everyone lord as you are going to be studying lord you will bring understanding of your word revelation of your word our lord that you will speak to us i pray that your spirit will teach us i pray that every questions that we are having lord you will give answers to them lord everyone that will be part of this study today lord you open their eyes to see you open their ears to hear you open their heart to be able to perceive and the word that will be preached today and be taught today will enter into their hearts and manifest they will grow in the spirit in the name of jesus lord we give you all the glory for what you are going to do we bless you lord in jesus name we have prayed amen 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 in jesus name um thank god for the another privilege to be part of uh, today's study and then i believe that uh, we'll be able to read the chapter we are doing today and then the, how god is going to be taking control all those things that we are going to be discussing so today we are supposed to study the book of romans chapter 12 and then also as we are studying the book of romans chapter 12 we are going to be looking at some other scripture we are going to be looking at first peter chapter 4 from verse 7 to 11 i didn't include that in our study but it's essential today i'll be talking more than you guys but i want everyone that has any question to be able to ask if you have any question you can let me know but i will be talking more because of the topic we are discussing today and also we are going to be looking at first corinthians chapter 12 uh and we are going to be looking that at that also to see what god will be speaking to us so i will quickly read uh, the book of romans chapter 12 and i will quickly read from verse 1 to 12. so we are going to be divide uh, romans chapter 12 into two because of what we are going to be discussing today so i will just we we'll just look at from verse 1 of romans chapter 12 to verse 12 and also i will read at some other chapters so that we can get a grasp of uh, everything that we are going to be talking today so i want you to have your journal with you or something that you can write some things down because of what we are going to be discussing today so romans chapter 12 i will quickly read i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and, and perfect will of god for i say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as god has dealt to every man the measure of faith verse 4 for as we have many members in one body and all members have one have not the same office so we being many are one body in Christ, every one members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, 
or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, he that give, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that show mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without simulation, uh, above that which is evil and cling to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor perfecting one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Verse 12, he said, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continue in instance in prayer. So the whole thing we are going to be discussing today will be based on the church, the gift, and the members of the body of Christ. So we are going to be discussing more about the church. That is what this chapter is all about. The church, uh, the gifts, and the members. We being the members of Christ. So let's first look at what the Bible is saying from verse 1. If you have the Bible there. Uh, look at what Paul is saying here. He said, I beseech you, I'm begging you as brethren, as brothers and sisters, that by the mercy of God, he's begging us, and he's saying that we should present our body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So if we look at what the Bible is saying here, that we, every one of us, which are the body of Christ, which are the members of Christ, uh, the church is uh, assemblies of Christ. Remember what Jesus was saying, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail over it. So if we understand that building his church is individual person, we have individual person that is part of the assemblies of God and also we have the local church and also we have the larger body of Christ. So we are going to be looking at that. Uh, we being an uh, individual person that is part of the church and also what is the function of uh, the local church and also talking about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is all the churches that we have and how do we function together? How do we work? Looking at what Paul is saying here in the um, Romans chapter 12, the fourth verse, it says, present your body a living sacrifice. Present it. It means that you and I are to present ourselves before Christ. We are to present. And when you are presenting yourself, you are not just presenting yourself as any other sacrifice. It's talking about living sacrifice because we are living. We are the body that is living. Your spirit is in your body and you are alive but wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Uh, it's possible to be present before God and not present oneself before God. I'm going to explain that. It's possible to be in church, but your mind, your spirit, soul, and body is there, but your mind, your, your body, your focus is not on Christ there. It's possible to be among the believers but actually, your mind is not there. You are not focusing on Christ. You are not really there. You are just present. You are just there. But when we talk about presenting ourselves, it's talking about being attentive. It's talking about uh, 
being focused on Christ. It's talking about having an expectation. It's talking about allowing Christ to minister to us. Because we're going to be talking about ministration, which is essential. And if you look at what the Bible is saying to us in verse 2 and uh, verse 3, it says that what? We should not be conformed. The church now should not be conformed to the system of this world. As individual member of the church, we should not be like the world. But we must be transformed by the renewal of our mind. I don't want to talk about this today because I'm going to be talking about that later. But I want us to look at verse 3. What he's talking about. Everybody in the church is anointed. It's not only me that is anointed. Everybody in the church is gifted. Everybody in the church is given a measure of faith. Everybody in the church have been given grace also. So if you understand this, from this point of view, is where the church is going to function. The church cannot function if we don't understand that we are anointed. Anointing is to be separated, to function, and to be empowered. But also, God has given every member in the church to be gifted. You might not recognize the gift now, but as we go on, you will begin to recognize the gift that God has given unto you. And it's not just for you, it's for the body of Christ. It's for the local assembly and also for the church as a whole. The local assembly I'm talking about, for example, Zion City is a local assembly of the church. Just like the Bible was saying to the church in Laodicea, in Thessalonia, the church in uh, Ephesians, the church in Corinthians. These are church that Paul ministered to, that the Spirit of God speaks to. And God is growing his church, he's building his church. There are people in those churches that God has given them gifts to be able to function, to be able to minister to what I'm going to be explaining all these things. We're going to be looking at that. But let's look at what the verse 3 is saying. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt with every man, look at that, the measure of faith. Paul is speaking that, look at me first, I am giving gift according to the grace of God. And also, that everyone should not think higher than himself. We should not, I should not elevate myself. Being in the church, I'm not higher than anybody. There is no special person in the church. Uh, there is just great people in the church. We are great as God is using you in different gifts. You become great. But to God, you are special. So there is no special person. Oh, this person is special than this one. No. Everyone is equal. Everyone is a child of God. Everyone is gifted. Yes, you might be gifted and function more in this area than the other person. I want you to focus on this because it's very important. And that's why Paul is saying that we should not think of ourselves highly than we ought to. Because I can be gifted in, uh, let's say, uh, being a prophet. Not, I'm going to use one. I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm not different from someone that is a teacher. I'm not different from someone that is in hospitality. 
I'm not different from someone that is using giving. I'm not different from someone that is even in ministry. I want to explain that in serving. Maybe he's serving as an usher. Maybe he's serving as a musician. Maybe he's serving as a cleaner. I am not different being a prophet in the church than other people. So a cleaner, uh, uh, a minister in uh, singing, someone that is uh, directing people or making the church look good or is giving or is serving is as important as a person standing on the pulpit. It's as important as the person that people see all the time and some that people don't even see. But it's very important for us to understand something that everyone is giving by with a measure of faith. I'm going to explain this because it's very important. When God gives anyone gift, he also gives them a measure of grace, a measure of faith. I'm going to explain that. It's like, for example, when you want to open an account, you the bank accountant or the person, the manager will tell you, oh, for you to open an account, you this is the minimum that you can have in your account. For you to open this account, you must have, uh, let's say, $50. You say, oh, you must have $50. We are going to use $50 to open this account for you. And then the account can hold as much money as you want. But this is the minimum amount that you use in opening this account. So you bring the money, they open the account for you. You have a fixed a, a, a deposit inside the account, which is what? $50. When you check your account, you find $50 there. That is the minimum that is given. But now, talking about what God did for us. He gave us gifts. This gift can work in different years. We are going to be talking about different kinds of gifts. But all these gifts can work with a measure of faith. It's like in your in your in your in your account of faith, someone can have, for example, 50 measure of faith. I'm using that 50 measure of faith. Another person can have in their initial deposit a hundred measure of faith. If we can put hundred, you can qualify it because it's measured. Someone can also have, uh, let's say, for example, uh, 150 measure of faith or thousand measure of faith, but it's not supposed to be at that level. If you put your account, the physical account that we know, uh, and you put the money there and it's just 50, it doesn't go more than that. Uh, when you are using it, you will run out of it very soon. And that's the same thing that God has given everyone gifts, but also you need faith to be able to operate in it. I'm going to talk about faith now. Faith is necessary for you to be able to believe the gift and walk in the gift. First, I need faith to believe, for example, that I'm a singer, which uh, I can't sing that much. I'm not gifted in singing. Uh, but I need faith to believe that. And I also need faith to minister in singing. And I might start singing now, but as I increase in knowledge, the, the, the level of belief that I have and the level of way I minister will also increase. As I minister unto God in prayer, in uh, for example, speaking in tongues, it's going to build me. It's going to build my gifts and my faith is going to increase. The gift is there, but the way the, my, me maximizing the gift will increase based on the faith. 
So the Bible is saying that what? Everyone is giving, every man is giving a measure of faith. It's possible to start ministry, for example, being a prophet, and God is speaking to you, you are prophesying little by little. But if you don't increase in knowledge, it will still be at that level. But the more I fellowship with God, and the more I search for knowledge, the more I know how to prophesy, working in that gift. Now I will know more. For example, you can be a teacher, for example, and you can be having a gift in teaching, and the grace is also given to you, and you are given the faith to, to, to be able to teach. But for you to be able to maximize the gift, I have to increase in the knowledge of the word of God that I have. Also, I have to what? Practicalize. I have to demonstrate it. I have to fellowship with God so that he can teach me. And my faith will increase. And the level in which I'm teaching will increase. Maybe teaching uh, Sunday school with children. Now, because of my knowledge, I might be teaching other people. I am uh, men and women. I might be teaching in another capacity that is higher. I will give us an example. You know, uh, when Joseph was given the gift of uh, interpretation of dream, Joseph started interpreting dream when he was young. But if you look at something that happened to Joseph, is that Joseph's level of interpretation of dreams has increased. Now, Joseph does not just interpret dreams for himself, he could interpret dreams for other people. And he started exercising the gift. And the more he's exercising the gift, the more is the knowledge of the gift is coming to him. The more God is using him, the more experience is gaining. If Joseph stopped using that gift and exercising, developing himself, do you know that he won't be able to uh, to interpret dream for the king? So that is the same thing that God has given you a gift, and I'm not specifying whether it's a physical gift or, or it's a spiritual gift. They are gifts that are that work in the physical realm and there are gifts that the bible is talking about they are spiritual gifts that you uh use in ministering in the church and they are physical gifts for example someone that is skillful in uh, playing football is gifted in playing football in music is gifted uh in teaching or in talking you know there are many many gifts that we can talk about that uh god has given everyone but also there are spiritual gifts that are necessary for the church for everybody in the church we need to benefit from it and i'm going to explain something for example now if i teach i also need and i don't know how to interpret prophecy and i have a dream i need someone that is gifted in a prophetic can go to the person that is given in prophetic and then tell the person my dream and they give me the interpretation of my dream. The person has ministered to me as the body of Christ. And I need also, I'm going to give an example that also, now we are not talking about spiritual gifts. But someone is good in hospitality, cooking and you know, preparing food. They prepare food for us. There is no way I will be a teacher or do all kinds of things in the church that will not need food, you know. So that person ministered to me. I'm going to give you an example of what happened uh, in the Bible. I've not seen Jesus cook before <laughs> or prepare any food. 
But I, I, I want to, I will point our attention to how they were. Jesus was able to minister to this woman, and this same woman ministered back to Jesus, talking about the church working together, and then the church as a body, and also having different members. There are different members. We are different members that are part of the body. I'm going to explain that. If you look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, uh, I will read verse 38 uh, to 40. Luke chapter 4, 38 to 40. I will quickly narrate the story. It was a story of uh, Jesus going to Simon Peter's house. And in getting to Simon Peter's house, Simon Peter's wise mother uh, was sick with fever. And the Bible says that Jesus ministered healing, using the healing power, healing gift, to for Simon Peter's wife mother. The mother rose up and was healed. And the Bible makes us understand that uh, in verse 38, let's look at that. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she arose and ministered unto them. She arose and ministered unto them. Ministering that she did was what? Cook food for them. But if she did not benefit from the gift of healing, do you know that they will be deficient in someone ministering to them when we talk about ministry it means to serve ministry means to serve when someone ministers to you it means they serve you they serve you with whatever they have whatever they are having so she ministered to them in cooking skills to provide food for jesus and everybody in the house but first she benefited from what the gift of healing and Jesus also benefited from our ministering back to them. You know, the apostle was saying something that we are going to give ourselves to the ministration of the word and what? To prayer. In that case, they are saying that we are going to give ourselves because there are two ways in ministering. You minister unto God and also you minister unto people. It's a two-way thing. Ministering unto God is, means that you are having a fellowship with God. God is ministering to you. Maybe you, for example, you might want to preach a message or you want to teach and you're studying and you are praying and you are receiving directions, understanding from God. So God is ministering to you. He's giving you understanding. He's ministering to you. You are ministering to God in prayer. Uh, you might be saying you are fasting for three days. You are ministering unto God. You are not ministering to anybody. You are ministering to God in prayer and in reading of your word. And God is ministering to you. The communication is, uh, is a communication between you and God. But now you come down and minister to the church. You minister as God has given you everything. What God has downloaded for you to you. You are ministering it what to the church. You are ministering it to the body of Christ. Now you are ministering to people. First, you have all ministered to the Lord, and now you are ministering to people. So it's very important as a minister to understand that you don't just want to minister unto people except you first of all ministered unto the Lord. 
let the Lord minister to you first. Then you come and minister to the people. So, let's continue what we are discussing. I'm just trying to give us a background of what is ministration in two ways. Uh, ministering unto the Lord and also ministering unto the people God using you. And also making us understand that everyone of the voice is gifted. And you have a measure of faith that must not remain at that level. So if we are coming from this understanding, let's look further into what the Bible is saying concerning these gifts. And what do we do with these gifts? Do we uh, just have this gift and keep it to ourselves? Or do we recognize this gift and develop it? And also allow God to minister using this gift to his body as a member of the body of Christ to minister to the body. Look at what verse 4 to, let's look at what verse 4 to uh, 8 is saying. I'm going to read it again and we are going to look at it. And I'm going to correlate what we are talking with what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is also saying, in fact, if time permits us, and also with what uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 7 down to 11 is also saying, because it's very important. So, looking at verse 4, it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are of one body in christ and everyone members one of another i'm going to give us an example of what the bible is trying to make us understand here for example my body i have the head my body has a head and it has a different part of my body the head is not more important than my hands or my fingers or too much important than my leg Every one of them work synchronism. They work together. My hands, I mean my head will not say I don't need my hands. You see, I scratch my head with my hands. I carry things. I feed myself with my hands. My mouth will not say I can do everything on my own. I don't need the hands. It means that my mouth will starve and the whole body will die. And my hands will not say, oh, I'm too important. I don't need a leg. There is no way I want to go to where there is food by stretching my hands, I have to move. So my leg is very important. But the head controls every part of the body. Even the head does not live independently, despite the fact that the head is the controller of the whole body. The head sends, sends, sends signals to the body to work. But also the body, every part of my body sends signal back to the head. The head only receives information that the part of the body is giving. And also the head sends back the signal for different parts of my body to be able to work. So if there is one if there is a problem to one finger of my hands, do you know that every part of my body will feel the pain? Every part will feel the pain. Sometimes you eat your hands against something. And after eating your hands against something, you are feeling the pain, but your whole body is shaking. You can be feeling some pain in your head. Your whole body is not well. 
you can be having pain in the mouth but you feel like it's the whole body that is being affected until you take care of that part of the body and that is the way the body of christ is everybody in the church is essential there is no body that is just a passive member in the church there is no passive member there's no i'm just going to that church i'm just a member of that church you know the bible is a member i'm just a member of that church i don't have anything to do i'm just a member it's because you have not recognized what you are supposed to do in that church and why the church is not growing is because you are not functioning as you're supposed to if the part of my body is not functioning well the whole body will not function as it's supposed to if every part of my body is working well the whole body will function well the church will march on for example i can be someone that can pray i have uh, the desire to pray i can pray for everybody pray for this person pray for this person pray for this time in the gap for this person i will use um, being on the feed i was watching the barcelona match yesterday and it was a sad thing for me that uh, the later draw but there is something that i saw looking at it you know it's a team it's a teamwork we talk about it's a team it's always a team that's why it's very important to understand that the body is a team it works together it's one it's not separate but i saw that the attackers were doing well you know they scored goals scored the first two goals but the defenders were not working well at the end of the day, the match ended, Barcelona scored more, at the end of the day, they equalized, it became 3-3. Three, three. The attackers were working, the midfielders were working well, functioning, but the defenders were lagging behind and it caused the old team to lose the match. So if one part is working and the other part is not working, and we don't, it doesn't matter, this part is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> The whole body will not be working well. Every church that you see functioning is because every person in the church see themselves as part of it and they are committed and they see themselves as part of the member and they don't see themselves as, uh, uh, they, they don't take me as important. No, you don't need to be taken as important because you are part of the body. Whatever you do, Christ reward you. Yes, the church, the local church, as a pastor, I might not call you out and say, oh, Ah, sister so, so, so is so great is doing this but we are all the what christ we are the body of christ so christ reward everyone whatever they are doing i'll use an example for example if uh, if we have we have different section in the in the service and that's why it's very important for every section to be present i mean present physically uh, in the spirit, soul, and body, and be in synchronism with what God is saying. The person that lead prayer is as important, even very important, that open the prayer of the service, as important as the person that is going to lead worship before the word of God is going to come. If the person that is leading prayer is not in the spirit, is going to affect the worship, and maybe the person that is using prayer is in the spirit. But the person that is leading worship and the, the musicians, they were not present. They are just there. Let me just come and they are not in the spirit. It's going to affect what? The person that is going to preach and how people are going to receive it. So everyone 
that is part of just a normal service, Sunday service that we have, they are very important. Every ministers are very important. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it says, present your body a living sacrifice on that day and every day, holy, acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. That is the service force that you can give unto God. But if one person is deficient, you will just see the service go somehow. You will not see that the Spirit of God flows. Maybe it flows to a point, it stops, and it continues again. But everyone is essential for the move of God, for the power of God. And that's why he's saying that what? Everyone is a member of the body, but every member, every member of one another. We minister to one another. We minister to one another. So let's look at what the Bible is saying concerning the gifts. Saying in verse 6, I hope we are following, verse 6 and 7 and 8, and we are going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we are going to look at it too, uh, what kind of gifts, and I want you to begin to look at which area has the Spirit of God been using you, and you need to work more on it. You need to cultivate the gifts that have been given unto you. That God wants to use it because He's going to use every member in His body in this end time. Every member in the body is as important for this end time ministration and move of God. Look at what the Bible is saying in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy to the proportion of faith. Look at that. He said, different gifts, the gifts are different. All these gifts that we are having, they are different according to grace. Because all these gifts comes from the grace of God. Nobody receives anything by merit. Oh, I want to be a prophet. That's why I became a prophet. No. It's what the Spirit of God wants to use you in. He uses you in that. Oh, I want to be a teacher. That's why I'm, I'm a teacher. No. It's because the Spirit of God wants to use you as a teacher. He might use you in other ways because that's what he wants to give you. And that's what he wants to use you. But look at it. It says, let us prophesy. You that you are a prophet, prophesy. Use that gift. Start prophesying. Don't keep the gift of prophecy in your own house. Don't be selfish with it. Don't say, I'm not going to use it to minister to brother so-so-so or to sister so-so-so. Or God is sending me to this particular church. Or God is asking me to speak about this, to post this. Minister. We have to minister. Minister means to serve. You serve others, not you. You serve others. He said, according to the proportion of faith. This is one thing we have to understand that your own proportion of level of faith that you are having might be different from the level of faith that this person is having. Yet both of them are prophets. But the level of faith that this person has been able to develop is more than this person. So people, we can also grow in faith even in our gifts. We have to grow in faith in our gifts. Look at what the Bible says. Is it all? Minister, let us wait on ministering. Ministry to minister here means to serve. Let us continue to serve. You might not be a prophet, but you are given a position to serve in the church, a local church, or outside the church. 
you must continue to serve. I'm, I'm giving an example as a cleaner in the church. You are serving. You are in position to serve the people, serve the church, clean the church. Uh, you might be the one in charge of ushering. You are serving. Everybody is coming in, but you are serving them. You are ministering to them. He said, keep on ministering. It shouldn't be this time that you will just stop ministering. Maybe because you are not being appreciated or something is going on, you just stop ministry. You are not doing it again. You know, if you stop doing it again, the gifts will not multiply and will be useless. And I remember the law of use and disuse. Uh, whatever is being used will continue to be used and will increase. And the one that is not being used, we even lose the, the ability to be used. I'm going to give you an example. If you are not using your leg to walk, you just sit down for a long time. Or someone that's been paralyzed. When they want to start working, <laughs> it has been disused, not been used for a long time. The person has to start learning. But if you keep working, you'll start learning how to work. You start learning how to work. You can learn trading, you can learn how to do something. The more you use that gift, the more it, it becomes useful to you. He gave us an example, exhortation, exhorting people, encouraging people. Keep on encouraging people. Maybe you have you, people mean people meet you and whenever they are in sorrow and they just call you and before you know it, you just talk to them and they don't just feel the problem again. They are almost giving up, they are almost losing their faith, they are almost losing their, their courage, they are they are depressed already, and you just minister to them and before you know it, they are coming up again, they are rejoicing. You know, there are many ministers that God, for example, I can mention one, Joy Austin and so many other ministers, they are using the gift of exhortation. They are using, and they are, they are doing well in that. They are ministering very well in that gift. They've already developed the gifts so much that uh, they are being used very well, maximizing the gift so much. So we have to maximize it, exhortation. Another one, the, the Bible talks about giving. And there is a need for me to uh, read another Bible version in this particular verse because I, I saw uh, a different meaning and I want us to just look at that meaning there uh, in that particular verse. In giving, in giving, you know, God can bless you so much and he is he, giving you the grace to give. But let's look at what the Bible says in there. I will read another English version. It's, it's still verse 8. It says, If your gift is encouraging, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no street, no string attached. He said, The one that is giving should give in to no string, string attached. When I give, I should not start. Uh, Letting everybody know that I'm the one that gave this person, that the one that helped this person. And I'm mentioning I gave you. I've seen people like that. When they give you something, you just wonder after some months or years, you just mentioning, ah, I've been doing this, I've been doing this. You are giving the grace to give. Why don't you just give as God has given you the capacity? And I've seen some people like that, that they just stop having to, to even give. Before they were given, they were, the things were multiplying and they were able to give. And because they refused to give now, they stopped even having to even give. He said, to no string attached. He said, uh, to, to the next one, he said, to rule. He said, to lead. Should lead with passion. You are a leader. You are ready to lead with passion. 
You know, you can be made a leader in the church or a particular group. You lead the group with passion. You lead them. You, you have the leadership gift. The administrative gift is there. People see you as a leader. You lead them with passion. You don't have to see like, uh, start feeling like uh, I'm here, being pompous. No. You lead. You don't allow pride to be on you. You lead that God has given me the grace to lead this group, to lead this church, to lead these people. You are leading with the passion of Christ. He said, uh, another one, he said, the one showing mercy should be cheerful. Cheerful in showing the mercy. But I want us to look at what the Bible says that is very important. Is everything must be done in love. The old gift that we have should be manifesting with love. It's love that binds the body together. Love binds the body together. Every member of the of the body of Christ are binded by love. Every church that we have, local assemblies, we should be binded by love. We should not see ourselves as being different. Oh, I'm a, I'm a member of Zion City. I cannot work with people from the team. I'm a member of Zion City. I cannot work with people from Mountain of Fire or Living World or other churches because I am from here and I cannot work with others. But you don't know that, yes, you are part of the local church here, but you are still part of the, the larger body of Christ. And the larger body of Christ is all working together. We are working for the same Lord, with the same spirit, for the same purpose and mission. Look at what verse 9 says in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Love should be shown without pretending. It says, hate evil, hold on to what is good. Verse 10, I will read it. It says, love each other like the members of your family. Be the best as showing honor to each other. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this. It's very important as uh, God has called us and given us different kind of gifts to honor each other. I first of all said something. I said there is nobody special in the church. There is no special. Whether you are the one that gave uh, one million or you are the one that is giving one thousand, there is nothing. There is nobody special. Because you give as God has given unto you. If God has given you the capacity to be able to give one million, give the one million. God has given you the capacity to give one thousand. Give one thousand, two thousand, as God has given you the capacity. But we should honor each other. The person that is doing lesser job should be as honored as the person that is doing a bigger job. We should not honor people that are doing bigger job and disrespect people that are doing lesser job. We should not honor people that are on the top that people are seen and not respect people that are not even seen. Nobody knows what they are doing. You know, some people that are praying, nobody knows they are praying. Uh, interceding, nobody knows. You know, People that give secretly or do many things in the church, nobody knows what to do, nobody knows. But if we know, we should not honor some people. That's why the Bible was talking about there must not be partiality in the church. There must not be favoritism. No. We should respect everybody because we are what? We are one in one body together. We are working together. Before I come to talking about verse 11 and 12, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
and then we were going to we are going to look at uh, from verse one we still have some time and if we cannot finish today we are still going to continue this because it's very important for every one of us to identify our gifts and you are needed in the body of christ and you need to serve you need to serve serving in love with passion uh with everything that you have you give all to god you give all when you have ministry you give all to people give all to them first Corinthians chapter 12 let's look at what the bible says i will read from verse one and then we will go down little by little as as we study it says now concerning spiritual gifts if you look at it there it didn't say gifts spiritual gifts it put hairs there that is it's many brethren i would not have you ignorant ye know that ye were gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as ye were led wherefore i give you to understand not uh, to understand that no one's speaking by the spirit of god called jesus are cause that no one can say to that jesus is the lord but by the holy spirit i will read from verse 4 to 6 very important so now there are diverse cities of gifts by the same spirit and there are differences of administration by the same lord and there are diversities of operation but it is the same God which worketh at all in her. Let's, let's go back to verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. It was talking about something in chapter 11. But it's making the church to understand that we have spiritual gifts. Like I was talking about today. Everyone has spiritual gifts. As you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you might have some physical gifts that also God can use you are skillful in some physical gifts that can be used in the kingdom of God but also God has given everyone baptized with the Holy Ghost with spiritual gifts you have it there are nine spiritual gifts and all other there are other ones that are not mentioned as part of the nine spiritual gifts that we know that are also spiritual gifts so every one of us have that spiritual gift and it's essential for you that's why he's saying that i would not have you ignorant many of us are ignorant of our spiritual gifts you are ignorant that god has given you this particular gift you might identify it that god has given me this gift i just i just i'm just able to do this you know i've been able to recognize some gift that i god has given unto me apart from teaching and uh, preaching that I'm able to do. Uh, I know that uh, God works with me in healing and also I know that I can interpret dreams, you know. People tell me dreams, I can interpret it for them. But it's from doing it that I identify some of those and many other, other gifts too. We have different kind of gifts that God can use. Prophesying and all those things, they are there. God can use it in the nine gifts. I'm just talking about some specific one. But there are some people that will send me dreams that they have and I will interpret it for them. I will give them the spiritual meaning of it and 
some some of them are difficult that we ask god what do you mean by this and they are always the interpretation are always in, uh, related to the word of god that's why i'm saying that even though you have the gift you have to increase in knowledge you have to increase in knowledge to be able to work well in those gifts because there are <laughs> there are levels in which you can use your natural mind to and you don't need natural mind when it comes to spiritual gifts you need a spiritual understanding bringing out the spiritual understanding from it but it's very important for you to identify it today or if you don't know it i want you to pray to god give me the understanding of that spiritual gift show it to me the gift that you've given unto me show it to me if you look at what he's saying there in um in verse 4 now there are diversities of gifts now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit look at it verse 4 says the same spirit verse 5 says the same lord and verse 6 says the same god 4 says the same spirit is the spirit of god that brought those gifts to you it now says in verse 5 the same lord and verse 6 is saying the same God. I will read another translation for us. It says, There are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirits, and there are different ministries. King James says, uh, Administrations. I've already made us understand that when you say ministry, it means services. You say, Serve. To minister means to serve. If you are a minister, you are a servant. You are someone that is given to serve you are going to serve people in this area or this area or this area so it says but the same lord you can be serving and being a lord in administration for example you can be an accountant or you are uh, you are the one organizing the planning of everything or you are given in uh, you are given an administration on how to organize a particular group how to organize it but it's saying that the same Lord, because you are you are like the Lord over that area. But we have to understand that it's the same Lord that are giving you the dominion in that particular area where you are administrating, where you are able to serve. That's why he said the same Lord. First, he said the same Spirit, because there are different spiritual gifts that are working by the same Spirit. But when it talks to administration of ministry or service. Is the same Lord because you become the you have a dominion over that area. You have dominion, the lordship, but the same Lord. You are working with the same Lord, which is Jesus Christ. But if you look at verse 6, it's saying, and there are different activities, but the same God. There are different manifestations. There are different activities, operation in which God is operating among us. But everything is working in the church of God. I want to give an example. For example, you might be, uh, you might have a boss, and the church is in need of a boss. For you to serve in that area, you release your boss. That's what you have to for the church to use it. Or it may not even be the church that needs it. A brother in the church might need your boss. Or might need uh, maybe the camera you have. Or something that you have the brother in the church need it when you give that for that brother or you give it to the church I'm referring to the church as individual person is also part of the church 
or the church as a body maybe we say at zion city need a bus i want to use a bus whosoever has a bus to release uh the bus for zion city we want to go from this area to this area or we want to go for an evangelism and we are in need of someone that can give us a bus instead of we going outside the person in the church that have it you say i have a bus you release it or you have some other things that someone needs in the church you release it for people in the church that is how the church should function not only that i'm talking about spirituality but what they have look at what the bible was talking about in Acts chapter 5 4 before chapter 5 when ananias and sapphira if you remember that people were selling their land uh they were bringing their property but the church was growing and there were needs in the church so some people were bringing their property giving it to the church they will bring everything everybody was bringing everything whatever they have they will bring everything and declare that this is all i have i'm giving it to the church but ananias and zafara too want to show off they want to show themselves and now they sold their own land they have a land a parcel of land and instead of selling the land and saying oh this is part of the money they say oh this is the whole money they did the same thing that the other people in the church were doing because they were selling everything, bringing it down before the apostle. They just dropped it before the apostle. Yeah, this is our land. We have sold it. And then we see that there is a need in the church for social so financial need. We bring it. But they lied. They collided together and want to show themselves, but they were not truthful. And the Spirit of God judged them. I'm just giving us an example of how the church was working in the Bible. In Acts chapter 4, looking at the end and look at Acts chapter 5 you see Ananias and Sapphira walking there and both of them died because they lied to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit judged them immediately they died and the Bible says great revival came upon the church great fear came upon the church people grew the, 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 the manifestation of the gift of God increased in the church because the Spirit of God was allowed to minister, to walk in the church. There was no corruption. There was no lying. They were allowing the Spirit of God to operate. That's the same thing that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians. He says that everybody comes with a hymns, with a song, with this one, and we all minister together. Everybody is coming with God has spoken to someone. These are, ah, God spoke to me about this. So during the service, maybe someone have tongue and interpretation, they give it. And someone have a... Uh, uh, prophecy they give it so the church is working the church is growing there was no deficiency if every member of the church is working do you know that there will never be anything deficient in the body of christ if every member is working if everybody is working together in love there will not be any deficient in the body of christ but let's look at different kind of spiritual gift now and i want you to look at that and begin to look at yourself Maybe you can identify this as something that God has given unto you. We don't have much time today, but I'm going to just read it and then we are going to look at it maybe next week better uh, than today. But let's look at verse, from verse 7 and then we, I will read to um, verse 11. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Look at that. To another, the word of knowledge. He said, by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of healing by the same Spirit. 
to another the working of miracle to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongue to another the interpretation of tongues but all this work that one I mean, that um, but all these that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. You know, verse four says, "And now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit." And verse seven, Paul is letting us know different kind of gift of the spirits that this same spirit give. No, I, uh, I think uh, I know someone that asked the question. I, I, I love to work in the gift of prophecy. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be prophesying. And I was like, yeah, it's good. It's good that you desire that. I will even say we should desire those gifts. But it's the spirit of God that gives. It's not like okay, I want to work in the in the gift of prophecy, and someone I'm just working in it. You can desire, you can pray for it, but. The Spirit of God can see that there is a need for someone to work in the prophetic gift and begin to work in you in prophetically. The Spirit of God can see there is a need in this church for the gift of faith and the Spirit of God begin to work in you in faith. When we talk about faith here, we are not talking about faith by hearing alone. We are talking about the spirit of faith. We are talking about special faith. That you just believe God for this. You don't just know. You just. <laughs> I know. I know of uh, a friend of mine that is working in the gift of faith. He doesn't know anything. He just believe it. He just believe that it's possible. You know. He just. He just believe it. Someone that I know that have that kind of gift too is uh, Bishop Oyedepo. Has that gift of faith. It's a gift of faith on his own. It's not just. Uh, faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even when you've not heard anything, you just have faith for it. You've not, God has not spoken to you, but you just believe it. You are you are just so strong in believing it that yes, I believe this. Let's go for this. This is possible. Everybody is like, has God spoken? But God has not spoken anything. You've not heard anything, but you are working in the gift of faith. So, God can see that maybe Zion City needs someone to work in the gift of faith. He gives you the gift of faith. And I see that is there is a need. If you look at what the Bible says there, that the gifts of healing is not one. In that part, it says the gifts, gift of healing. It didn't say the gift of healing. The gifts of healing. There is S there. Because healing, uh, I've seen some people that I've heard about that God worked with them with healing people uh, with uh, cancer. If you go to them, you have cancer, you pray for you, you're going to be healed. God worked with them more in cancer. I've seen some people that God worked in uh, ministering to people with uh, crutches. If you have, you are laying in your leg and everything. Everybody that is in the administration, whenever they are ministering because they are working in that gift of healing of people on that kind of level, everybody that is having crutches will just be healed. I've seen the minister that I know, I've heard about too, that... It's working in the gift of healing people with blindness. Everybody that is blind, they come and everybody is healed. Because the Bible says gifts of healing. So it can decide to work in different gifts of healing. 
heal this one, heal this one, heal this one. You know, the Bible talks about that Jesus healed all that were sick. He heals all of them. So he was working in all the gifts of healing. So God might give you the gift of healing too. And he might start demonstrating it in your own life. That maybe you are just sick a little bit. You lay hands on yourself and you are, you are healed. You wonder, wow. The next time you are sick again, yes, everybody should be able to uh, lay hands on themselves and be healed. But there are some people that are given the gift of healing. They are given the gift of, you are working in the gift of healing. When you go, you need healing. You, you, they lay hands on you, they pray for you, you'll be healed. Because they are working in it. They are, that gift is there. But also, for you to identify it, you start demonstrating it over you first. And you start seeing yourself, wow, I'm able to do this. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do this. I'm able to, I don't just know how it's happened. You know, for me, I don't know how I started teaching. <laughs> I'm not someone that teach. But it's just, it's just coming, you know. It just comes. It just comes like that. It comes like that. In preaching, it just comes like that, you know. In different areas, it just comes like that. Because when you identify it, and the Spirit of God sees that there is a need for it, it starts using you in that way. Look at what the Bible says, in working of miracles. In what? In discernment of spirits. In what? In this tongue that the Bible is saying here, to another gift of tongues. If we have time, maybe next time, we are going to talk about, we have the word gift, the power gift, and then uh, the, there is another one that they call uh, spoken gift. Prophetic or words. They divide. Yeah? Pastor Isaac, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, the Bible is saying that uh, the gift of speaking in tongues, so does it mean, for example, Mm-hmm. If I have the gift of speaking in tongues, and you also have the gift of speaking in tongues, if I speak in tongues, will you be able to understand what I'm saying? Okay. okay so that... do they usually understand each other, or? Okay, I will explain on that. The first we uh, the first speaking in tongues is uh, is a sign for every believer that is filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The first sign that you have the Holy Spirit is for you to be able to speak in tongues. But I'm going to explain the one that the Bible is talking about here is not just every believer that have the speaking in tongues gift. Every believer that is filled with the Holy Spirit should be able to speak in tongues. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will give you utterance. Your own words might be different from mine, might be different from the way I speak, but everyone can speak in tongues. But when the Bible is saying here in verse 10, it says diversities of tongues. It means that when the person is speaking in tongues, their tongues are changing. They have diversities of tongues. I've worked in that several times that I'm praying for people and my tongue is changing, my tongue is changing, my tongue is changing, my tongue is changing. I've seen some people too, their, their tongues change. As they are praying in tongues like this, you just see their tongues change and change and change. They have the gift of diversities of tongues. What they are praying for, you might not understand, but what the Spirit of God is using them to pray for is doing that. But the question that you ask, we have the tongue and interpretation is different. I might be praying in tongues. The Bible says if you pray in tongues, you edify your spirit. Uh, you may not know what I'm praying about. Uh, and it's only me that is just praying in tongues. I may not even know what I'm praying about in tongues. Sometimes, I don't know. But sometimes I want to pray in words, 
and is coming out in tongues. I watch I want to actually pray in words. But the way it's coming out is coming out in tongues. I want to pray for some people. I've seen that several times that I'm praying in the church. And I want to pray for someone and other people are there. And the Spirit of God decided to pray it in tongues. I want to pray out in words, but it's not coming out in words. It's just coming out and praying in tongues. And I'm praying the same thing. I know what I'm praying in my mind, in the Spirit. And also I'm praying it in tongues for the person. But there are times that you are praying in tongues that you don't understand what you are praying for. The Bible says when you pray in the Spirit, you are building yourself. Uh, you are building yourself. For example, when I was uh, I was praying with someone today, and the person was praying, called me and started praying in tongues, and I joined the person, and we just we just continue praying in tongues. So, and I don't understand what we we're praying for. I just knew that we were praying, and we prayed for a lot of times, and I feel the power of God. At the end of the day, the Spirit of God spoke to me concerning some things. But in the means of you praying in tongues. The Spirit of God can bring some words of Bible to you or some things to you or speak some things to you in your mind, in your spirit, and you might note it because it usually speaks to me like that. might be praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, and the, the, the Spirit of God is also ministering to me as I'm praying in tongues. And I'm looking at the verse and I'm looking at some things that He's trying to tell me and I'm writing it down and all those things. So, as you are praying in tongues, it might make you understand what you are praying for. It's the Spirit of God. It might make you understand what you are praying for. You might be interceding for someone and you are praying in tongues. Uh, because you do, you are, I've, I think I've spoken about praying in tongues. That Praying in tongues is the Spirit of God praying through you. Whenever you pray in tongues, the Spirit of God is praying through you. You might be praying through you in things that you don't even know. The Bible says we... Um, he prayed through us in groanings, in words that cannot be altered, in words that I don't know, things I don't know, the Spirit of God can pray. Maybe many things that is going to happen in the next two years, the Spirit of God might make me pray today. Maybe something that is happening to someone that I don't even know about. I might be praying and be praying for that person. And the Spirit of God sometimes can bring the name of people in my mind and I just pray for them. And I might pray it in words or I pray it in tongues. But when we now talk about tongue and interpretation, is the Spirit of God want to minister to the church. He wants to minister to his body. If I'm praying in tongues, I only know. You don't know what I'm praying about. People around me know, know, not even know what I'm praying about. I may not even understand fully everything I'm praying about. I may know, I may not understand fully what the Spirit of God is praying through me about. But how can the Spirit of God minister to the church? It's through tongue and interpretation. It can minister to the whole church or minister to someone in the church. And we can have a service and it has happened in my, the church that I was before several times. Even I've, I've been using the gift of tongue and interpretation. I spoke in tongues and I interpreted it my own self. And I've seen that someone spoke and I interpreted And I've seen also that someone else speaks and another person interpret the tongue that the person just spoke. But how does it work in the church? Most of the time, when we want to have tongue and interpretation, it's going to be that it's not everybody that is just speaking again. Everybody might be speaking in tongues. Everybody is just speaking. At the time, we just have quietness because the Spirit of God has taken over. And we just elevate one person. 
and that one person can just speak out so audibly, speak in tongues, and the person can also interpret it immediately. Or the person can just speak the tongues, and the Spirit of God will just speak another one, and will just interpret what the person is saying. But now, whatever is being spoken in the church, the person ministering also bear witness to what the Spirit of God is saying. That is the function of the person that is in church. Because the devil can also speak and interpret. The devil can also want to minister to the church. That's why the Bible says the Spirit bear a witness. There is a witnessing with each other. Even if I give a prophecy to someone in the church now, as I'm ministering to you and prophesying to you, the Spirit of God in you will be bearing witness to your spirit that what I'm saying is true. And there are so many people that have ministered to me, prophesied to me, that I know that what they are saying is a lie. I know. I just say thank you. But what I know is that what they are saying is a lie. Because there are ways in um, working in prophetic gifts. So we have people that just, like for example, people that just continue to walk around and start prophesying to people that you don't even know or know those kind of things. It doesn't work that way. If God wants to minister to a church, he, has, he will use the people in the church to minister to them. Unless there is nobody in the church that uh, is in submission with the Spirit of God, that God will now raise someone to come outside to come and minister to his church. Even for example, if God wants to minister to me, he would rather want to minister to me through men of God that I submit to or people in the church. If he cannot assess me directly and minister to me, maybe let's say for example I'm being rebellious, I'm doing something that God has warned me not to do or something, I'm just saying, giving an example, and I'm not in submission and God cannot assess me to minister to me, I'm so, so busy, the Spirit of God cannot minister, he will use someone in the church because they are close to me. The Spirit of God doesn't just walk and bring someone outside and start speaking blabbing. No, it doesn't work that way. He brings someone in that church that knows me and will minister to me. And he might also not bring someone that is in my church. He might use a family member of mine that is close to me to minister to me. He might use maybe the pastors that I know to minister to me. You understand? And whatever they are saying, I don't need to accept it I need to use the Spirit of God to discern what they are saying to be true. Because the Spirit of God, as they are saying it, the Spirit of God will also bear witness to me. And that's why I disregard with uh, all those prophets walking around and ministering and talking, all those kind of things to people around. It's not That's not how to work in the prophetic gifts. The Spirit of God knows the way. He's not just going to speak out loud like that because every prophetic words are the mind of God for that person and every prophetic words is not known by the devil but when the prophetic word comes out the devil the kingdom of darkness also know and that's why the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him he will only reveal it to them it's a secret thing God wants to do things he will reveal it to you and that's why I always advise that you yourself you are the prophet of your own life first and the church that you go to when the word of god is going on if you are open the lord will minister to you if god cannot minister to you through words 
through yourself reading the word of God, he will also minister to you through dreams. You first is a prophetic, is a prophet over your own life before God starts ministering to you through another person. There was a time uh, very long ago. Uh, I usually I think I've talked about this several times with uh, you guys. And my brother, we used to go and pray from uh, all these prophets. And I've always noticed then, I'm not even born again. But God worked with me in dreams. I just dream about everything. I, it's like, I, I dream. I've not been dreaming like that again. <laughs> yeah, because when you get mature, you the, the Lord begins to speak to you through words and through His Spirit ministering to you in your spirit. But those times, I was God was ministering to me more in dreams. I oh, I dream about everything. So sometimes we would go and pray, uh, go to a prophet and pray, and they will just speak something contrary. They are not even talking about what God is telling me. And I would tell my mother, I say, Mom, you just, you heard what they are saying. He say, said, look at what this man is saying because I don't we don't say to them. What he said is not even aligned with what God is telling me. My mother would just say, follow what God is telling you. Just follow that dream that you have. Just and it's always true. Because everything that God gave me then was true. He spoke to me personally. There was a time too that uh, uh, we went to go and pray. And the prophet of God spoke, out, spoke to us and told us some things concerning my younger brother. And we came back home and uh, we told my brother, this is what the prophet is saying. And the response of my brother is, if God wants to speak to me, he should speak to me directly. I look at him, I say, I look at him, I say, you must be very arrogant. We are just coming from a prophet of God, and the prophet is saying something to you, and you are saying that the God should speak to you directly. But I have seen him then that he has the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know much about the Holy Spirit. I have the wrong understanding about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is only given to... Uh, so ministers, pastors, teachers, prophets, those are the ones that have access to the Holy Spirit until God brought the understanding to me that everyone is uh, uh, given to walk in the, in the uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone is entitled, is your, your entitlement, is pro, a promise of God for everyone. So if you don't have it, you need to have it. So, until I now was filled with your spirit, and I understand what he's saying. First, the Spirit of God ministered to you first. A prophet or any man of God or me from coming to you is just a confirmation of what God told you already. Any prophet that is coming from anywhere will bring a confirmation to you of what God has spoken to you. Maybe if we have time, we can speak about uh, prophetic gifts and uh, how to identify uh, which one is true and which one is not true, how to you know assess them, and if God is using you in it, how to work in it. Because also, when you're working in the prophetic gifts, you need wisdom. You need wisdom. It requires wisdom. You can land yourself in problem. You can. You have to watch the timing. It's very important. So there are many things that we can talk. So, but if now in the church we have someone that is speaking in tongues, not all tongues, we can be praying in our own tongue. But if God wants to speak to His church, He's going to raise some people up in the church. 
we can all be praying and God will raise. And the, the, the minister will know that, yes, the Spirit of God wants to speak to his church. In tongue and interpretation. The Spirit of God wants to speak to his church in tongue and interpretation. So in that way, we will recognize it. And whatever God is saying at that time is what he wants. And it's very important for us to allow tongue and interpretation in the church. It's part of the ways in which the Spirit of God ministers to His church. I hope I'm able to answer your question. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. If you have more questions, I think uh, we'll be able to answer it. Uh, maybe today or next week. I want us to continue on this particular topic next week we are still going to talk more about uh, uh, the gift of the spirit and also identifying and if you have a gift that maybe you've seen God working in your life with and maybe you don't understand it you can come next week and let's just talk about it you know and then we can all identify the gift that God is using us for and then how we can function more together to each other because you minister to each other and also to the body of Christ at last.